Hello, and welcome to the Gym Rap Podcast. I'm Luke. And I'm Jay, and we got episode 79 lined up for you, or as some others may know, Jose Abreu, who is an MLB player, since you pro- I can guarantee you probably don't know him, uh, who actually plays for the White Sox. So what actually, the only reason why I chose him, though, is because I have this soft spot for all Cuban baseball players, just because I find that any Cuban baseball player, you know they've had to, like, basically on like a man-made raft out of toilet paper cones so frankly like this guy automatically gets my respect anytime you say cuban i'm like yeah okay this guy is legit and now he's a millionaire in the states so well good for him man good for him jose you think about it a bro a bro yeah b-r-e-u so i mean it might be might be pronounced differently in spanish but that's not here nor there. Think about that kind of lifestyle, though. You're in Cuba, and you just have to take your chances of building, like, say, like a pop, you know, a pop bottle raft that you got to sail across an ocean to get to get to the states. Like, just imagine those few it's days a, leading up gamble. to it. It's a yeah. gamble. <laughs> it's just, a pretty big gamble. You're sitting on this fucking raft, and you're going, "If this doesn't work out." <laughs> So help me God. Yeah, um, the best case scenario, I die at sea. <laughs> Worst case scenario, I'm back in fucking Cuba. I'm back working, fucking digging ditches. But yeah, anyway, so uh, anyway, he's uh, number 79. As you can see, the pickings are getting slim once you get up this number. But you know what? It's kind of bittersweet, though, because 79 coming at you, that means we've done 78 previous podcasts. And... That's a big deal for uh, the GRPs here. It certainly isn't a small deal. 79 is a lot. Uh, it's almost 80, Jay. But uh, we're going to treat this just like any other episode, except for the fact that this is going to be an NBA free agency extravaganza because uh, a couple important things have happened in the league lately. Jay, wouldn't you agree? Yeah, I think so. I mean, uh, there's been some real shocking announcements, like how Saul. Oh my goodness! Luol Deng went to the Lakers. Yeah. Can you believe Manu Ginobili re up with the Spurs? I mean, it's been a whirlwind of an off season in the NBA. Chandler Parsons went to Memphis, <laughs> which in itself is ridiculous. But uh, before we get into all things NBA free agency, and of course we're going to talk about Kevin Durant. But yeah. before we do, we got to give you our douche of the week and our most ridiculous sports story of the week. So Jay. Why didn't you get the ball rolling? Who is your douche of the week? Okay, well, my douche of the week actually was to uh, the entire England football team. Now, for those of you that don't know, England lost to Iceland in the FIFA Euro Championships. They also now, left Europe. <laughs> There's that whole I thing, too. That... <laughs> <laughs> Fuck soccer. These guys... <laughs> Well, but yeah, let's get back to the soccer. They lost that to Iceland. Is, That's a big deal. That is still that is still up for debate. But you know what? Fuck Europe. We're <laughs> out of here. <laughs> I've been telling Italy to get out of there for years. Italy's economy has down. been in the toilet ever since they went to the Euro. They yeah. lost that lira and they were fucked. <laughs> Greece has just been taking it up the shaft ever since they joined the and EU. Who's paying Greece? their bill? We are. <laughs> and by we, I mean the Italian people that I'm not a member of. <laughs> so anyway, um, yeah, England lost to Iceland. Now to let that sink in, 
Do you remember the Mighty Ducks, Luke, the D2? How could I forget? The movie? Okay. It's kind of like Trinidad and Tobago, which was actually... And, like, think about how racist this was as a kid. Like, just a sidebar here for a second. In D2, the Mighty Ducks, they had a Trinidad and Tobago team that they had a guy on the bench that played the drums, and they wore tie-dye hockey jerseys. And to boot, on top of that... Were they smoking weed? (laughs) They were just, like, the most stereotypical team, and they were actually pretty good, which in hockey world would never actually happen. But since this is the soccer world... It's pretty similar. It's like Trinidad and Tobago beating the Mighty Ducks. But in this case, it's like Iceland, who is basically not even a real country, beating what some people argue as the founders of football. I don't argue now, that's that. that's up for debate. I certainly don't argue that. <laughs> yeah. You could argue it until the cows come home. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, the point is is that why, why these people get douche of the week is because collectively the people the team on England make about as much money as like a, as Iceland probably makes as a whole. So their entire GDP of Iceland is probably there's probably more money made by that entire England team than. Guys, we are back. I'm sorry, something happened with the recording. We lost a good twenty minutes of solid gold. I mean, yeah. I mean it's picture I could... the funniest part of the podcast ever and times it by 10. Yeah, bare minimum. We're talking what I can only assume would have we been feel bad about it. the greatest podcast of all time. Gone. It, it hurts. Yeah, and nobody's happy about this, okay? Nobody. Least of all us. Like, this would have gone down in the Hall of Fame as greatest podcast ever with some of the gold that we produced. There are things that haven't even been done before, and we just feel it can't be replicated. So we're going to do ourselves a solid and just move on. Yeah, we're just going to move on. Uh, we'll save the uh, hilarious, ridiculous sports tour of the week that we had done, and it bailed on us. We're going to save that. We're just going to get right into free agency. Um, yeah. Frankly, because Jason and I are not going to spend the next 20 minutes talking about something we just talked about, because we are not <laughs> insane people. <laughs> And I got to pick my sister and my girlfriend up from the airport. So that's the situation. Got to go to bed. <laughs> yeah, and Miller's got to go to fucking bed. Give him a break, okay? I'm a working man, guys. Give me some slack. The guy's got a job here. We're, we're employed adults. All right. I just bought a house, okay? I need to pay my mortgage. My kids, sir. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So They're not here yet, but they're... You're going to have kids one day. And, and they're going to need that house paid for, damn it. Okay, well... Everybody knows the biggest news, even if you're not into sports, you probably know about this. I was getting texts from people who I didn't even think liked basketball, going, what do you think about Kevin Durant? And, um... My first thought about Kevin Durant is, Tom Brady is a shitty salesperson. He should never pitch to anybody, ever. So, frankly, this should all be turned back on him. And while we're on that topic, Deflategate, oh my god. Here we go. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, fuck. Robert Adda, he's a terrible human being. And Deflategate? How does he even start? Oh, my goodness. So, frankly, this whole Durant thing can be rooted back to Brady's inability to bring him to the Celtics. So, I thought frankly, you were saying this, this whole thing. This is all Brady's fault. <laughs> yeah, it's all, it's all Deflategate. It's the whole thing. Yeah, it all started when he deflated balls back in 2014. 
Exactly. Because when you're about to go on national television and face an inferior opponent who you've been planning for for weeks and weeks and weeks and you've got the whole world on your shoulder, you're concerned about a fraction of a percent of air pressure. Yeah. And, of course, sending Kevin Durant to the Warriors. Yeah, exactly. So clearly, you'll never see another podcast that is tied to Flategate to Durant signing with the Warriors. But can but we, we just take a second to appreciate how handsome Tom Brady looked in those pictures, please? <laughs> All right? He's shirt, a gorgeous human being. Just shirt unbuttoned perfectly. Like, I can't do that. If I unbuttoned one more, I look like a weirdo. If I yeah, unbuttoned too I, much, yeah, I exactly. look like I'm Ernest. If I'm I like ever, Ernest going to camp. <laughs> if I ever unbuttoned it as much as he had in those pictures, I'd look like a pedophile. He does it, and all I go is, man, I want to unbutton my shirt right now. <laughs> yeah. I couldn't wear one of those old man hats without looking like a total douche. He and looks then, young in it. I don't know how exactly. it made him look younger. <laughs> exactly. Like that, it makes him look like, like if I wore that hat, I'd call myself the douche of the week. But him, I'm just like, man, he looks great. White pants? I got a white pants? Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah, he's just, uh, you know, that's Tom Brady for you. You know when I've worn white pants? (laughs) My prom? And that is it. (laughs) I got that picture. I'm looking at it right now. And the record shows you're wearing white pants and sneakers to prom. Yeah. So, anyway, yeah, that's uh, Tom Brady, good looking aside. Yeah. Um,. Yeah, he failed, so that's why it happened. But more importantly, Luke, to your further point, is that the whole Kevin Durant thing has been an absolute whirlwind for the NBA. And frankly, I don't even know where to start. When I first heard it... I do. Thanks a lot, Obama. Yeah. (laughs) It's that health care that you brought in. It started... (laughs) That's what started this whole sense of entitlement bullshit. (laughs) Ever since you've been trying to get rid of guns in America, this. Just an absolute nightmare. Yeah, you know, before Obama came into power, superstars stayed on their own goddamn teams. Yeah. It's all about Obama. Yeah. And you know what? Further, Obama, Tom Brady. (laughs) (laughs) I don't have a logical link yet, but I'll find one. (laughs) He went to the White House after they won the championship. Yeah, and he talked to him, and that is where it started. You know, it, you know what, Jay? Yeah, it's undeniable at this point. <laughs> the Brady the and Obama are, so are in cahoots. To ruin the M- NF- NBA, you know? Like, just ruin it. Well, let's put it this way. If he had signed with the Celtics, it would have been because of Tom Brady, because you'd be an idiot to sign with them over all the other teams he was considering, in my opinion. Exactly. The only thing that he could really give is maybe, like, that fan experience, maybe, but... Yeah, and playing in the East maybe would be another. Yeah, but you still got. Then you got to run into LeBron, you know. Yeah, but then LeBron has to run into Kevin Durant too, so it's just as good. Don't act like I wouldn't enjoy every second of that. But I would. Yeah, let's stop beating around the bush here. Let's whip it out and shove it in, Jay. We got to talk about the sexual situation. So we all we all know what happened. Kevin Durant left the team that drafted him. Left the team that he built with his bare hands, left his best friend, left the whole city in ruins to sign a two-year deal, which is essentially a one-year because it's got a one-year opt-out clause after the first year, for $54.3 million. Jay, what do you think about this? What, what, what's, what was your first reaction when you saw this other than holy shit? I don't know. Like, Is there a point to playing this season in the NBA? No. Is there a point? 
Like, you've got just a stacked team of All-Stars. Take away the All-Stars. You have the past MVPs all on the team, you know? Like, <laughs> Steph Curry has won back-to-back MVPs, and before that, it was Durant. So you've got the last three years of MVPs all playing on the same team. Yeah, and not to mention, um, they are two of the greatest shooters of all time. The 50-40-90 club is a person who has shot 50% from the field, 40% from three, and 90% from the free throw line. My coach used to call it being a 180 shooter. It is the true sign of being a marksman. Something south of 10 players have ever been able to average that for a season. Two of them are Durant and Curry. So these guys are going to be... Let's not think that Klay Thompson couldn't achieve that because he probably could. Yeah, but think about this. Clay Thompson is one of the top five greatest shooters you've ever seen, and even he is not a 180 shooter. So that's mm-hmm. how lethal these other two guys are. And Kevin Durant is a 180 shooter when 80% of the shots he's taken over the past nine years are contested step-back shots. These are going to be the most open shots he's ever seen in his career. It's going to be crazy. I don't even know what the fuck this team... It's just... It's too much, Jay. How do you guard some like the three... Three of the most elite shooters you've ever seen in basketball playing on the same team. How do you guard that? Like, you just don't. You just, like, and especially Durant, too. Because Durant can get a shot pretty much over any. And Steph Curry basically can shoot anytime he wants because he's so lightning quick and he's so unorthodox. So, frankly, there's no chance you're going to be able to stop these guys. Like, they all have to have an off night. And. Something tells me, as good as the shooters they are, you're never going to see. But like, it's one thing if you saw Curry and Thompson have an off night. That's more likely. But you'll never see Curry, Thompson, and Durant have an off night in the same night. You just won't see it. They're, they're in a situation right now where one of their guys could blow up their knee and miss the entire year, and they'd still win the title. That's how yeah. unbelievably stacked this team is. But like, before we start breaking down the X's and O's of what this team is actually going to look like, I gotta say, man, I, I, I'm just flabbergasted by this, and I hate to throw everything back on LeBron, but you kind of have to, because in his decision to leave Miami, and I know all the LeBron dick suckers are going to say, LeBron's team was way worse, they did nothing for him to bring him in a supporting cast, and you know what, you're not wrong, but at the end of the day, if LeBron had stayed in Cleveland this entire time, he'd have what, two rings instead of three? Are you telling me that if he'd stayed in Cleveland that whole time, he wouldn't have attracted somebody else in free agency? Are you telling me he would not have won at all? I certainly don't believe that. And it's pretty clear that when the best player in the league, who's only 28 years old, coming off back-to-back MVPs, sets the precedent that you can just leave and team up with a group of superstars to win, that more people are going to do it. Now, that aside, I actually think what Durant did is even worse. Because, sure, he did the pile-on bullshit LeBron did where he couldn't win it on his own, so he had to team up with other superstars. What makes this worse is he teamed up with a team that won 73 fucking games last year, won the championship the year before that, and to make matters worse, beat them out of the playoffs after they were up 3-1 and Durant shit the bed in Game 6. LeBron... Durant, you know, is part of the reason why they didn't make it to the finals. Because he did not show up in game six. He shot it like 800 times. And it was terrible. Now, he can't beat this team. He's going to join them. 
At least LeBron yeah. joined a Miami Heat team that hadn't won in like five or six years. This is way worse in my opinion. And you is- see, the thing is too is that like, yes, exactly. Like you join basically a team that won the year before, set the NBA record. LeBron, he joined a team that, you know what, Bosch just signed there and um, Wade was obviously there. But after that, their supporting cast didn't become as lethal until... A, a year, and you know, they started bringing in some more free agents, and then all the, like the the veteran minimums came in to chase a ring, like Ray Allen, for example. Those guys didn't come in until LeBron came in, so it wasn't like the Heat were all of a sudden like this major contender. They won with Shaq, and then they were irrelevant for years. So the fact that he's joining the team that was statistically the best team in NBA history, oh, and, and they add shot away from being repeat champions. Exactly. They're they're literally yeah. Exactly. They're a fart in the wind away from winning. You know, like, and not only that too. Durant. They had the pieces in play in OKC. I don't understand why they broke everything up. You know, Dude, they were so close, and, and they did it correctly up until the Warriors signing Durant. Like the Warriors had done a great job of drafting, and like you had nothing but respect for them. And same with the Thunder. They started that whole build, and even when they got rid of James Harden, they were still like, wow, this team is legit, and they had the pieces in play, and I truly think that OKC could have just been one maybe swingman, one maybe um, different player away from taking home a championship. Steven Adams is coming in, and he's consistently getting better and this is a guy too has so much potential that you get this guy another year in the system he's like a perfect player to play off the Durants and the Westbrooks you know they were so close so to just say you know what nah and to think that they peaked when they still have some great years ahead of them they got some young big men that are just coming into their own with Cantor and Adams, and they've got two of the best players in the league. And you know, you know, how easy it is to bring in a player like that. If you have, like, I just—it's so shocking to me why he left because of that reason. And it wasn't like you're leaving a team like hypothetically LeBron. You were leaving a team that was—if they made it to the NBA Finals, they probably could have won it. I think they were going to win it. I—that's my—that was my—that was my idea. And. To see KD leave and basically see the Thunder now implode is just ridiculous. It, it really is. It's absolutely crazy. And, you know, going back to what you were just saying, a week ago we didn't do our pod. I wish we had because the Thunder did a move that I thought put them as the odds-on favorite to win it. They signed Oladipo, who's exactly what they needed. Abaka has not <laughs> been himself the past couple of years. The way the league is going, they don't need him. They're doing a lot of playing Durant at the four, going small ball with either Cantor or Adams at the five. Obaka has essentially kind of been phased out of the equation. They traded him and picked up the perfect guy, another young athletic guy who can play tons of defense, is versatile, can defend multiple positions. I thought that move put them... They were. They were the odds-on favorite to win the championship. They were the best... I thought they were the best team in the playoffs last year, and they just collapsed at the wrong point. Um... So, like you said, man, to leave that, it's just, I've never seen anything like it. You know, you just lost to these guys. This is the whole thing. You, you never would have seen this. I mean, 
You know, you can say what you will about Charles Barkley never winning a ring, but the guy never went... <laughs> you know, he didn't get beat by fucking Jordan in the finals and then sign with the Bulls in free agency. Yeah, you know that John Stockton Carmelone. Now, Carmelone may be a bad example because in his final year, he ran chased and he lost. But that being said, um, you know, for 20 years, those guys stuck it out in Utah. First off, no one wants to live in Utah. Can I say so something they real stuck quick? it out in quick? Utah. Sorry, you just brought, yeah. the, you brought up the Carmelone thing. And I've heard a lot of people throwing that out there. It's like, okay, <laughs> Carl Malone and Gary Payton joining the Warriors, or sorry, the Lakers in, I think it was 04, it's not the same thing. These guys were all above like thirty-four years old, and were playing. They on were in their last year. Yeah, their last year playing on shit teams. So yeah, you want you know what Durant? If you're thirty-four and playing on a non-playoff team, and you want to join a, ch- a contender, you have my fucking blessing. You didn't see Malone hop onto a contender after winning his first MVP award after losing to Jordan in the finals. That didn't happen. Same thing with the big three in Boston. KG had tried for like 12 years in in Minnesota. They were going nowhere. The Sonics were a fucking disaster. And those guys teamed up on the the Celtics, who were the worst team in the league that year. Before Mm -hmm. they showed up. So none of that is the same as what this guy's doing. Sorry, get back to your point. I interrupted just because I had to make no, that no, point. No, no, I, no, I, I agree. And that, that's the difference I was making is that Carl Malone, yeah, you can argue that he left his team in his final year. But he did one year, didn't win, and he left. You know what? But the guy, he was at the end of his career. He spent the majority of his career, and he's never going to have his number retired in L.A. But he's no. certainly going to have it retired in Utah. And why is that? Because he spent his entire career in a city that I would never want to live in if you paid me. I wouldn't even and, stop there for gas. <laughs> exactly. And he stayed there for 20 years almost trying to win this team a championship, going through year after year. You know what? If that isn't how the NBA, that just shows exactly where the NBA was. And nowadays, you know what? Oh, we were really close to winning, but we lost. Where's that adversity? Where's that old movie spirit where it's like, well, we came back and we won? No. Oh, I battled some adversity, so I joined an even stronger team that was... I'm going to join the adversity that I just battled. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. It's like the karate kid going, like, you know, like, being beat up by the guy and saying, you know what? I'm just going to join his squad now, you know? like. It's absolutely incredible, man. I just... It makes me fucking sick. And it's just like, this is going to be the new era. It's officially become the ring chase era. So now this is going to be the norm. And, and what makes it truly sad is that you're going to have three teams in the league that are super good and 27 other teams that are shit. And it's not even going to be worth watching those games. Like they've stacked these teams so much that it's just it's defeating the purpose of the sport. I understand it's a free market economy and nobody's more of a capitalist than me. And I understand that the rant should ultimately put himself in the best employment situation possible. But it's he could have stood to make more money if he stayed with the Warriors. So this isn't a lifestyle thing like he wants to make it sound like it is. It's taking the easy way out. And I never am a supporter of that. I mean, the only thing I will say is this. I'm more upset of the team he chose to join than I am of him leaving. And I know that sounds pretty hypocritical because I've been bashing this guy for leaving for the past 20 minutes. But 
the reason I don't mind him leaving Oklahoma is because I think Sam Presti has done a terrible job as a GM for the past five years. Starting with the James Harden trade, which was essentially them being too cheap to pay the luxury tax, they basically said to Durant and Westbrook, fuck you, we're going to trade one of your best friends and one of the best players in the league because we're too cheap. And since then, the best player he's been able to get for them in free agency has been Dion Waiters. He got lucky on a late pick, and Steven Adams happened to blossom. He's done nothing. He signed Anthony Morrow. He's, he's done nothing. Mm-hmm. Like People want to give Dan Gilbert and uh, all those people in Cleveland shit for LeBron when he was there for his first seven years, but at least he tried to bring in Shaq. He tried to bring in Antoine Jameson, who at the time was a 20-10 and 10 guy. They were trying to win. I haven't seen OKC make any moves. Their whole moves have been, oh, we'll just let Russ and KD do it. So yeah. I think it's kind of the just desserts for the franchise to lose him. But going back to throw the blame on Durant, it's who he switched. If he joined the Spurs, I'd still be upset because they're so close as a contender in OKC. But OKC essentially said to him, we don't give a shit about you winning a championship here. We want to save some money by not signing Harden. So I feel less bad for that franchise. I feel more bad for the game itself because the product is going to be hurting overall. Yeah, I just... I I feel bad in a sense. I don't feel... I feel bad for the franchise, actually. Because they were building up for something that was, I think, going to be a championship team one day. You know, I just felt that they were going to do it. They were too... They had too many. They had Durant and Westbrook, who were just too good to not win a championship. I think they, as I said, they were just one piece away, or just a year or two away for some other guys to, you know, pick it up. But yeah, as you said, they a couldn't sign anybody, and b like it just didn't work out. Now the team has just imploded. Like you've got like what Russell Westbrook's obviously staying now, but he's not like. You know, what's Russell Westbrook's real desire to stay there anymore? He'll leave next year if he doesn't get traded before then. There's a lot of talk about the fact that he's going to get traded. Uh, People have said he might get traded to the Lakers for Clarkson and... Sorry, not Clarkson. For Russell and Randall. There's talks of him being moved for Bradley and a couple of picks over in Boston. There's a lot of options because um, the word around the campfire is that he now has no intention of signing back there next year. And that's a no-brainer. Why the hell would he want to stay in OKC now? So that entire mm-hmm. franchise, it all goes back to the Harden trade, man. And, you know, ownership, you're too short-sighted. And it's hard to blame Sam Presti for everything because it's not his money. And maybe the owners of the, the Oklahoma City Thunder said, no, we don't want to pay the luxury tax. you got to move one of these guys. And they tried to move, decided to move Harden. And if that's the case, the ownership's paying the price now. But at the same time, Kevin Durant still has to shoulder most of the blame because that trade was so long ago. And in spite of the fact that that trade happened, they were still so close to winning that it's almost negligible. I just, and to further your point you made earlier about the way the league is going, I just, I obviously I'm going to watch this super team just go in and just run the show, but it's going to lose its, it's going to lose its excitement real quick, right? Because you're just going to, it's kind of like, it's turning into like kind of like a European soccer, like the English Premier League, where you have four teams that are sick and the rest of the league is just garbage. Or like, you know, it's just turning into that style of sport. You know, the NBA, the NHL has done a great job of staying very consistent with each 
each team being competitive. The NFL is fantastic at it, mainly because their players aren't aren't around for that long, so they have to you know continue to draft. So it's constantly changing. But the NBA, it's coming. It's just just being the exact issue that soccer faces. You know, you're going to have four or five sick teams, and the rest of them are just going to be piles of garbage. Now, sure, the teams that are sick right now in soccer are due to the money, but NBA is just going to be, you know, a little bit of luck. You know, like, oh, buddies are colluding and jumping in together. You know, like, that's how it's going to be. And now this Wade thing potentially going to the Cavs. Yeah. Like, it's just like, fuck, man. Like, why would I even want to watch a Heat game anymore? There's no reason. There's no player I really want to watch in the Heat. You know, like, it's just, it upsets me that this is where players are going to anymore. I'm still in that old school mindset, as I'm sure you are, where it's like, you'd like to see the team stay loyal to a, a team and win with them. Dirk Nowitzki. Yeah, you know what? He probably could have ring chased and maybe got another one. But he's staying with the Mavericks, and he's going to retire with one ring, one MVP, and he's going to be he's going to be a shoo-in for the Hall of Fame. Kobe Bryant, there's another guy. Why do we love these guys? Because they stay loyal, they do what they do, and they continue it. If, if Durant, as you said, took another four-year contract, say, with OKC, and they didn't do it, then you know what? Ring Chase is a veteran. Take the minimum and try and help a team that's up and coming. I understand that, but to fucking just bail in the prime of your career where you were literally a hair away from winning an NBA championship to join historically the best team in the league, there's just no excitement in that anymore. Well, there's not going to be any excitement in watching this new Warriors team. Last year, I was excited to watch every Warriors game I saw because I'm thinking, these guys are chasing history. Even if this new Warriors team wins 75 games next year, it's not going to be interesting. You know, the team broke the record last year, and you're just breaking the record you set last year with a substantially better team because the biggest problem is twofold. One, this gigantic increase in the salary cap. There were talks that the NBA was going to try and smooth it over because over the next, this year and next year, the salary cap's projected to go up like $35 million combined. It went up $24 million this year, and it's going to go up another 18 or 19 next year. Um, so that's more than $35 million. My math's off. About $40 million. Anywho, they were going to put in a program where the increase in the salary cap was gently phased in over like a five-year period. So instead of it jumping up $40 million in two years, it would have gone up $40 million in five years, so it's like $8 million a year. Once again, whether the math is accurate or not is irrelevant. The point is that instead of the best team in the league being able to sign the best player in the league at a fucking max deal, they wouldn't be able to do that because the salary increase would have been much smaller. Instead, the players voted against that, so there's this massive jump in the salary cap, and now you got guys like Durant who could sign with basically any team in the league. He could have signed with the Cavaliers if he wanted to, and it's not gonna it's not gonna ever affect them. Like this is the biggest outlier in the history of the sport. You never would have been able to do this for any other season that this league's ever existed unless Durant was willing to sign for a million bucks a year. Mm-hmm. But because of the salary cap jump, this fucking guy is getting a max deal, 25, like $28 million a year, and, and he's not 
it's not costing the Warriors anything. They're still going to be under the cap. And then the cap's going to go up next year, so they're going to be able to keep signing Curry. It's just it's ridiculous, this salary cap jump. And the league handled it very poorly, and now they're paying the price. Yeah, it's um, that's that's definitely not up for debate. And when you also consider, too, that earlier today, too, apparently David West, who jumped initially onto the Spurs to get a ring, now has signed with the Warriors. Like, we're talking just... Like, it's just pathetic, man. Like, it's not even exciting anymore. It's just like, you might as well... Like, who else are you going to get? Dwayne Wade joins the Warriors. Like, it's just... It's it's painful. It's crazy. Um, I expect this Warrior team to win it all. I would be shocked if they don't win it all. Um, Frankly, I'm cheering against them. Yeah. I, I might actually have to root for LeBron in the finals if they end up playing each other, which is what's going to make me truly sick. If that happens, I'm just I might not watch the finals. I don't know what to do. Even LeBron, when he went back to Cleveland, he went back to a team that didn't make the playoffs. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, but still- Jay, that is the same bullshit. First of all, he knew Durant. He sorry, he knew Love was coming. There's a reason he left Wiggins out of that fucking letter he wrote. They. He never would have came back if the, the groundwork wasn't set to get love. And he knew with love and Irie, Kyrie, they would be right where they needed to be. So LeBron was very smart to orchestrate it as it was a big coming home, trying to save Cleveland. And meanwhile, it was, wait a second, everyone in fucking Miami is getting old and dying on me. I need to get the hell out of here. How can I swing this? And then somebody thought of this Cleveland shtick, and it worked very well. Yeah. Well, Chris Bosh is... Having freaking, like he might be, my, dead. you know, he could be dead right now. <laughs> yeah, I guess I shouldn't check that. But anyway, yeah, no, it's um. But even I'm just doing it as a comparison. This to me still ranks worse than even what LeBron did. But the thing is too is that when you see this, it just sets the precedent for the next thing that's going to be even worse. Well, so, the reason I think LeBron's is worse is because LeBron's precipitated this. Because it's, it's mm-hmm. the godfather of this bullshit. But in the, if you actually look at just like in a vacuum, the, the two situations, this is worse. And it's a shame. I love yeah. Durant, man. I want to root for the guy. And it's just, you know, he could have been that dude who fucking took a middle-of-nowhere team to the NBA championship. Now, and, and you know what I hate? Everyone said this about LeBron. You know, these championships in Miami are going to have an asterisk on them. Nobody puts an asterisk beside them because that's just the way this fucking sport's played now. And when I'm listening to most of the commentators, like, oh, this is great. This is great, which is bullshit. And, you know, there's not, you know, three years from now, Durant's going to have three rings under his belt. There's not going to be any asterisks. This is just going to be the way of the future, and it's truly sad. Yeah, but you know what is going to hurt from the way, compared to the way in the future is the stats. Because, frankly, when you look at a lot of the major players in the everything like that, yeah, they had other players here or there. Kobe, for, uh, he never really had a big three. He had a big two. He always had him and Shaq or him and Powell and then, you know, a bunch of other role players and stuff around him. But these players aren't going to be able to average the same stats, which means it's going to show in the NBA over time why all these players, maybe have reduced stats and aren't ranked as high as they could be because they're winning championships. Now, I'm not necessarily saying that's a bad thing. I'm just saying that it's going to be different. It's going to show somewhere in the stat sheet. Oh, this is where it's going to show. This is where it's going to show. Clay Thompson is going to be the new Kevin Love. 
Everyone sits there shitting on Kevin Love, saying he's a bust, he's terrible, he's this, he's that. And I brought this up in our last podcast. Kevin Love is still one of the 15 best basketball players in the world. He just doesn't look like it because he's playing two other guys who are actually better than him. So he has to play the third fiddle role. Name the last time a third fiddle averaged over 20 points a game. It doesn't happen. Klay Thompson is now relegated to the fourth option offensively. In some cases, the fifth, if Andre Iguodala's feeling it. So instead of him getting to shoot 20 times a game, he's going to be shooting 10 shots a game next year. He's the furthest down the totem pole. And what are we going to be saying if they run into a dead patch or there's a bad game in the playoffs? Oh, Klay Thompson choking, man. He's not... What happened to Clay Thompson? He's not the same guy. Of course he's not. When you play a diminished role, you lose your confidence. You don't get to be the same. And that's what's going to happen. It didn't work in Miami until Wade and Bosh really started to defer to LeBron. And that's what's going to happen here in order for this to work. Durant's going to have to be the alpha dog. Curry's going to be relegated to more of a spot-up shooter. And Clay is going to be nothing more than J.J. Redick. And it's the, the sad reality. You just can't have four guys that good all touch the ball in a 48-minute game. Yeah, exactly. Unless, like, you're literally going to not have to have any subs. Which they're probably going to be because they're losing. Their bench is minimal right now. Well, I don't know. I, it's, I think they still got Iguodala coming off the bench, which is great. They still got the Barbosas yeah, of the world. Yeah, they still got Livingston, and they've signed yes. West. They're going to be just fucking fine. Yeah, exactly. Like, is I don't know if it, they also drafted a couple bigs too in the draft, and I think they already kind of had this plan well, that they, they, they were play small ball half the time anyhow. That's what they're going to do now. And it's just instead of Harrison Barnes yeah. at the four, it's going to be Kevin Durant at the four. Yeah, I want to talk about an upgrade. Yeah, that's that's not bad. Yeah. Harrison Barnes got paid in the offseason, but then so did everybody else. But no, I think we've basically covered everything we need to cover. I don't like oh, there's it. There's one more thing I want to talk about. Oh, sure. Yeah. I just want to also mention this, too, as a sidebar before we continue with the Kevin Durant issue, is that I don't like an NBA where the highest paid player of all time is Mike Connolly Jr. I just, that doesn't sit well with me. That's Why? A, he's like the 10th best point guard in the league. He's an average player who is has officially had the title right now of making the most money in the NBA. That just, to me, is messed up. That's all I'm going to say. So who do they we have? Okay, so Steph, Back to Durant. Steph, Russ, Lillard, Lowry. That's four. Can you think of any other guards who are better than Connolly? Point well, guards, I guess you can. Point guards. I mean, I guess you could argue maybe, um, obviously right now it might be more of a stretch. John Wall. John Wall, I'd agree. There's yeah. five. Who else? You got um, at least... Kyrie. Kyrie, certainly, yes. There's then you've six. also got like the Rondo. You've got... No, Rondo's... This is on the cusp. Than. Yeah, I'm just saying on the cusp right now. You've got a Rondo. You've got a... Uh, who's the other guy? Um... Uh, you've got got a a bunch of other guys that I think are around his level. There's guys who are around... Okay, let's say Connolly is at best the seventh best point guard in the NBA right now. Yeah. (laughs) And he's making the most money all the time. And that's what goes back to what I'm talking about, that salary cap jump. And and Sorry, there was a two-part thing. The salary cap... Lillard? Yeah, I mentioned Lillard. Yeah, anyway, yeah, sorry. It's, It's... I digress. 
Yeah, the salary but cap. But the point is, is that it's just the bigger issue is the impact one player has in the NBA, and because of that, during free agency, you know, LeBron goes to a new team and they're an instant title contender, and the NBA's got to figure out a way to balance the fact that. It's a superstar-driven league, and they want their stars to be marketable, and they want their stars to have the power to do whatever they want. they got to be able to balance that and not give them too much power, because right now these guys are completely shaping the outcome of the league, and it's affecting the product on the floor, and ultimately in the long run, I think it's really going to hurt the game. Yeah, I think it's just going gonna, gonna to really ruin any smaller market based on things like that, I have to draft in there and just hope that they get enough superstar draft picks to be able to basically have players come join them. Because if not, they're screwed. So it's going to be like Milwaukee, unless they have some superstar that they somehow draft and continue to grow, they're going to be irrelevant and continue to be irrelevant. Well, and that's why everyone gave shit to Philadelphia for their super tank job they were pulling. But you know what? I don't blame them. No one's going to go there in free agency. The free agents are only piling on with each other. So the only way to get good is to get the number one pick and hit a transcendent player in the draft. That's it. You have to draft your own Durant or your own LeBron and hope the guy doesn't fucking leave you when he becomes a free agent. That's your only chance nowadays. So the motivation now is even more to tank because... There's, the likelihood of you attracting some you know, decent free agent is minimal. It's pretty sad. Yeah. Like, Al Horford went to the Celtics, but that is certainly isn't the hugest free agent, you know? And, like, the Celtics will be a good team next year, but they're not going to be... There's not... They're not going to be winning a championship, you know? That's... It's just the way it is. And, yeah, exactly. It's just the way it's... The way the NBA is going now is frustrating. So, so basically, you're not building a team and building a system like say the Spurs which you've been able to do you're building the, you're just basically just rolling the dice and just waiting until you get a player and then hoping that they're able to bring in a championship for your team like say Cleveland like if he didn't go to Cleveland love him again he wouldn't win a championship you just gotta hope that's all you gotta do because that's all it is nowadays yeah I, I want to say this. The one thing that kind of got through to Durant was apparently Jerry West came in and said, "Listen, I was one for eight. Sorry, one for nine in NBA Finals, and I regret it my whole life. Never win, only winning the one, and all this stuff. So apparently, he tugged on Durant's heartstrings, and that was a big reason why he came in. It doesn't matter, man. I don't know. I just no. I can say this from my high horse here of." Not playing in the league, but I don't know why wouldn't you? Why would you want to just leave a team like that? I just, I just don't get it. But then again, obviously, I don't get Durant. I don't maybe understand some of the other struggles. Maybe him and Westbrook weren't getting along as great as they seemed. You know, there's there's tons of other things behind the all the stories that we may be hearing about. And truthfully, I think it would be hard to play with Westbrook sometimes, but. That doesn't mean that you're just bailing like that, and especially to the best team. I just, I just don't like it. And call me what you want, just not, just not a fan. 
Well, I agree. We're in agreement on that one. We'll see what happens. Uh, guys, that's going to do it for us this week. It's going to be a little bit shorter because we lost 20 minutes in the middle of it, and I apologize. But the most important thing we had to talk about was this Durant situation. Um, tune in next week. We will uh, break down some more free agency, anything that happens. going to be some cool baseball shit. We'll see. Uh, the podcast is probably going to be a little bit less frequent during the summertime because there's not as much sports going on. But... Um, Certainly, as the NFL season approaches and that, we will be uh, getting back to our regular scheduled program. Yeah, exactly. Only two more months until NFL starts. It's going to be great. Alrighty, guys. We'll talk to you next time. Bye-bye.